0: Gig Gab, episode 350 for Monday, July 18th, 2022. And welcome to or welcome back to Gig Gab, the show by, for and about working musicians here right off of a fling rehearsal in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton.
1: Here, I think in Napomo, California, it's Paul Kent.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you've been all over the place, man, haven't you?
1: I tell you, man, that, you know, I started this new day job and it's been a blur of like working a full day and then get my butt to a to a gig or something like that. It's been something I haven't had to do in so long, where like the schedules stack on top of each other. Yeah, it's uh, it's a trip. I've had um, solo gigs. I've had a duo gig. I've had several house rocker gigs. I had a trio gig. You know, both in Northern California and down here. It has just been a blur. But I do have something good to share. That the house rockers seem to have clicked into another level lately. We've had some really big, high profile gigs. Yep, and I don't know what it is. You know, maybe it's just finally with the new guys and the old guys were you know, we've hit that spot and things are just grooving. We've had some great, great gigs lately that are, you know, really fun. Really, really fun. That's great. And so yeah, I think last time I don't remember if I expressed it on the show, but certainly pre-show, I was kinda like in a malaise, like, uh, you know, it's not what it was. You know, it's it's music's kinda letting me down lately. But then you have when your when your guys are your guys or girls, yep. uh and and you know it's great and people are loving it and it's fun and it's soul filling, all the bad stuff just melts away in a second.
0: It does, yeah. I am I am super fortunate right now to be playing in two bands where I feel exactly that for different reasons. Um, you know, Bitter Pill, we're really it, that band is like happening in a, in a lot of different ways, and you know, this new record that we just put out i 'm really stoked about it living ain 't cheap dying ain 't free i 'll put a link in the show notes you can you can find it on uh all the streamers or you can buy it from us or you know whatever you want but um and we make more money if you if you buy it from us obviously <laughs> because because we know all know how the streaming thing works but but listen anywhere just like we, we're i 'm stoked to have this music out there. everybody on this show has heard the thank you it has heard the you know the the, the process that we've gone through and it's actually you've heard maybe 30 percent of the process here. There's been there's been more because there's always angst. And, you know, all that stuff as you have this thing that you poured your heart into and and then it finally comes to see the light of day. And there's you know, there's always a lot of care that goes into that, which has been great. Yep. yep. Um, and then, you know, the gigs have been great. Bitter Pills, I, like really firing on all cylinders. I'm, I'm stoked about all the gigs we've got coming up. And then I just, like I said, I just had finished a fling rehearsal literally, you know, 20 minutes ago, just before we recorded this. And uh, it was just four of, of us, Aaron, our keyboard player, who often cannot make it to rehearsals because he lives so far away now, uh, was not here. But the four of us, you know, with Jamie, Jamie Bradley on bass, it, it really it, like things we all have the same goal. Uh, Things are really tight in that band, you know, the whole kind of power pop ethos, all the songs, most of the songs actually fit into that power pop realm. Some of them might not, but we kind of have that same, you know, the songs, let's tighten them up. Let's get the harmonies tight. Let's get everything right in place. And and let's just, you know, there's a a level of precision and and looseness like at the same time that's happening there. Yeah, it's it. I, I was. We were all kind of noticing it during rehearsal tonight. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, this is good. This is good. So, yeah, you know
1: what? I'll actually say. Will, I want to talk about this a little bit more in a bit. But yeah. what you're saying about everybody on the same page, that is the opposite of the concept that being in a band is an exercise in compromise. Compromise implies that people have different pages. That you know, you can have a, a little bit of your page. Sure. Right but not all of it because I got to get to my page. Right. Whereas opposed to if every, I think that's the most powerful thing that gives a band lift is like everybody on a common mission, not a common mission. We're going to be the best band in town or common mission. Like, you know, it's, you know, we're going to be the best musicians in town or anything like that. But literally if you broadly define everyone being on the same page to accomplish the same goals, what those goals are, I think that's, more important than musicianship, more important than, you know, jeans versus cargo shorts, you know, a a million (laughs) million ways to slice it. I actually think that's the thing. And if your band is not on that and you're compromising, yeah, you can make it work and you can have some success, but I would posit that a unified approach to, 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 you know, band growth, band success is probably one of the most powerful motivating things that you can achieve.
0: It does. It, 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 I agree with you. And it doesn't have to be everyone's vision either. In fact, rarely will it be that it 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 might be just one person's vision in the band. But as long as everybody is eager to serve that vision, whether, you know, regardless of the genesis of that vision. But if everyone is eager to serve it in that band, that's the key. It doesn't matter how you get there. Well, it
1: changes over time, too, because oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Serving that vision. Maybe the one guy has had a vision and explained it so clearly that you can set aside your, you know, needs because you realize that a guy who's that on fire is going to take you places, right? And some people are wired that way. Some people are wired like, uh, you know, I joined a band because I want to move forward. Tell me where you point me in the right direction and I'm there for you. I think that that's all Part of it, I, I told you the story about the House Rockers many times, like, I started it thinking the best thing to do was to do something different. So I put together a horn band that played New Jersey Shore covers <laughs> right, in right. Northern California. And while it was fun for me to do a couple of times, clearly the connection was happening. My my thought was, it really doesn't matter what type of music you play. You could play polka music or, you know, anything. If you perform it with energy and joy, you know, it will go over and I found in the cover scene, if you wanted to book, you know, gigs and get a following, you know, the more familiar, um, you know, would serve that. So then, you know, we started to adapt. And then I brought in a guy who was a really passionate, powerful funk soul guy. Music I had no interest in playing. And it took me a long time to adapt to. What I really wanted was a good band that was that was loved and moving forward all the time. Sure. And, and I found a way to make it okay in my head and, Yep, that my vision of perfect repertoire and, and artistic, you know, showing people how smart I was was not was not as important as actually just being part of a great unit that achieved things together.
0: That's it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I'm 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 routinely in these conversations. I'm routinely minded reminded of the comment Joe Walsh made in that Eagles movie. And and, you know, I I always couch it as saying, look, you know, Joe Walsh came into the Eagles with his own street cred, like he had his own bands. He had his like he was a a household name and he came into the Eagles and said whatever is best for the Eagles. I go with what Don and Glenn say, because that's going to be best for the Eagles. It's like, wow, Joe Walsh, Mr. Ego, you know, coming in and being able to see that and say that like that's key.
1: That, that it always is, goes back to that thing about you know, what's a pro? What's
0: a pro? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. Hey, I got to play with a new little uh, thing from Personas. It's called their Audio Box Go, and it's a it's a little uh, uh, audio interface. Two channels in, two channels out. It, the The two channels in both have quarter inch, and one of them has a combo jack, so you can do quarter inch or XLR. It's got phantom power in it. If you want, it's got two uh, outputs, which you can also um, play as a stereo output into headphones. It's got 50 dB gain and it's bus powered, which means you don't need a power supply. You just plug it into you know whatever device is is running it, so your laptop or um, your iPad or whatever. And I, like this thing's got the the mic preamp on this thing. It's a Personas preamp, and it sounds. It's a really musical preamp. I tried it with some challenging microphones, some dynamic mics, like the high LPR 40 that I've, I've used on this show sometimes that needs a lot of gain in order to really sparkle and shine. And it sounded great. It's a, it's easy to use. It's small. And the I love being bus powered because it means you don't, you, you don't, if your laptop's charged, no. you don't even need a power supply, right? You're just good to go. You can kind of record. It's and,
1: true, truly mobile recording. Right?
0: Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's only two channels, so, you know, you're not going to. You're not gonna do crazy things, but um but yeah, it is truly mobile recording. Yeah. It's really it's a it's a well done, simple piece of gear. uh that it you know, I should have pulled that up. I will I will find this as we talk and I vamp here. Um and is um seventy eighty bucks. Uh, eighty oh bucks God. at Sweetwater. It's a MSRP is a hundred and so you can get it for eighty bucks at Sweetwater.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um uh and is it marketed personas or uh, as Fender?
0: No, it's Personas. It's it's the person- I didn't know
1: if they were keeping that line. Yeah,
0: yeah. Persona's audio box go. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I, you know, I I have the uh, Universal Audio bus powered one, which was supposed to be the, is supposed to be the top of the line. Sure. And again, it's a it's a bit of a different ballgame. That's a,
0: that's a whole different ballgame. That's right. Yes.
1: <laughs> well, it it sort of is a different ballgame. You know, with the built-in DSPs, right, right, and the whole architecture about about the plugins that they have. Although, yeah, I guess it is what you want to record, how you want to record and when you want to record. I know with that, you know, there, there are several of their plugins that don't work on the amount of DSP power that's on the, on the box that I bought.
0: Right? Yeah. That's the, that's so the that was, limited box. You need like four of those shark processors in it or whatever right. to, to get, yeah, to really make right. that thing sing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And
1: it was $500. And again, you know, the, yeah. the basic, the basic premise there is that processing, via dsp in the in the audio interface guarantees less latency and you know they've got some cool plugins that are you know pretty cool a lot of the plugins run you know native in in logic or or pro tools as well so you can actually get the value of what those what those plugins do by placing them a different place in the chain but i don't know 80 bucks i mean that yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that that it's apples to apples. No, it's but not it's just mobile recording thing that you want to do and getting something recorded wherever you want to go. That's a pretty, pretty attractive price.
0: And you've got that Sonos preamp uh, uh, Sonos. Gosh, here I am. It's late. It's a pre Sonos preamp, not a Sonos preamp. I i don't know that I've ever seen a Sonos preamp for a microphone. Um, who knows? Maybe they've made one that we've never seen, but probably not. Yeah, the uh, the personas preamp. I, I mean that's what I'm using here, right? I've got the quantum twenty six twenty six, the Thunderbolt interface that I use for in the studio here for Fling Rehearsal and for this show. And I, I've really come to like the way these preamps um they just they're they're easy to use. They've got tons of gain and yeah, it's and like you said, 80 bucks. So yeah, mm. it's good. Um I found a little I have a tip to share, Paul, and I feel like a fool for not having done this ten years ago. And my tip is simple, folks. If you are the, the one in your band in charge of sound and, and you could be the sound engineer or you could be, you know, one of the musicians in the band that also is in charge of sound uh, like I am, teach the band the input list. In fact, I went as far as printing out a sheet that lists what instrument, you know, which vocal mic, which instrument, whatever goes into which channel on the board. It has made my life during setup so much easier Because it used to be, and this was true when Fling was like, you know, planned six gigs a month or whatever. The guys would hand me their inputs and tell me what it was, and I would plug it into the board. But it meant I had to, like, be near the board. I I, I can't, and so I did it with Bitter Pill. Uh, I don't think I did it last summer. I think I started it earlier this year. And as soon as I did it, it was like, oh, right. Like, I mean, of course everybody can plug things in if they're told where to plug
1: it in. Well, we actually have a, we actually have it better. So Bill plugs everything in right? and then everybody who mixes themselves, you know, via app and all the inputs on the app are labeled. And so we have it solved from the user interface part of it.
0: Well, yeah, but Bill still has to plug everything in. Right. Whereas, whereas with this, you know, I just print it out and people wire up their cables for their amps or their microphones for their vocals and they just go plug. And you know, by the time it's time for me to go and Tune the PA. Everything's plugged in, and we're good to go. It's real. It. It. I, I know it sounds stupid and simple, because it is, and that's what makes it beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah, I. 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 I feel foolish for not having printed that list ten years ago. But you know, we live, we learn. Live and learn. Live and, and learn. Um, along similar lines, but not quite the same. Maybe along the lines of what you were saying there. Uh, Andy wrote in to feedback at giggabpodcast.com and says, um, Dave, when you're using in-ears and asked for and get a line feed for your own in-ears, uh, regardless of the rest of the stage monitors, uh, do, you, do you just have to take the mix you're getting from the house? Or, he says, you can adjust the volume with your monitor amp, but the mix itself is not under your control. Am I correct? Or if I'm not, let me know how you do your own mix. So, the idea is you get this feed from the house. You, you know, I get to a gig. Somebody else is running. It's a house sound. I ask nicely, negotiate my way into getting a feed XLR quarter inch. I don't care. I have the right cables. I plug it in. I'm good. What is that feed? So more often than not, I'm getting a separate aux send from the board. So theoretically, the mix can be tailored and customized to me and me alone. The trick, of course, is whether or not the engineer is going to give me Access like via a wireless, you know, if he'll give me the password for the mixer, the the Wi-Fi so I can do it myself or if it needs to be done by the engineer at the board. More often than not, lately, they haven't had iPad access on the boards, which is weird. Or the engineer has been a little bit iffy about just giving it to someone that, you know, some unknown drummer off the street. So uh, where it's the latter, I know what I want. And I can communicate it very, very quickly. I I have one sentence and I say, give me all the vocals at the same level and then give me all the instruments two dB below that. And that is a great. So learning that and being able to communicate that efficiently is kind of the key in those scenarios. And then what I do, because I use that uh, Rolls box, I use the PM50 from Rolls. It has two inputs on it and one and two outputs. The out, one of the outputs goes to my ears. One of the inputs is from the board. Now, what are the other two, you ask? It's a microphone pass through. What that lets me do is I can plug my vocal mic into th- my box and then out from that goes to the board. And the engineer generally doesn't even know. I say, uh, you know, I'm going to use my own mic stand because I have my own mic stand uh, built into mm-hmm. my drum rack. And uh, I say, just give me the XLR, I'll plug it in, but I don't plug it directly into my mic. I plug my cable into my mic. I plug that into the, the uh, monitor amp. And then from there I go out. So they get a pass through of that. And it's hundred percent. theirs. nothing I do can change what's happening to their levels for front of house. And they'll even give me some of that back because I've asked them to give me all the vocals at the same level. If I want more of me. I have a secret knob that I can turn mid gig. No one else needs to know. And I can add more of me if I need more of my vocal. Generally speaking, I actually like to have more of other people's vocals than me, but sometimes it doesn't quite work that way. And, you know, I need a little more of me or whatever.
1: All right. So one, one more time I'll ask the magic question I ask. Yeah, man. You know, to me, and again, I've used only in-ears just about every gig. Yeah. This summer. Um, and, the first big thing that we solved is one of the stupid. Like talk about live and learn, <laughs> was when it was. It's it's those things where there's no sweet spot of control that I have. It's either right too low or too loud, and that's because the send from the you know the receiver or the uh, or the the from the, the board distribution box. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, from my box, the send from the wireless. Uh, it's not a receiver. It's the other end of it, right?
0: You know, you have the, you would have the receiver. Yeah. Cause the transmitter would be, be sending to you and then you have your belt pack. Transmitter.
1: That's what I'm saying. Okay. So the transmitter, you know, the send was too high. So once I finally realized that most of my problems, with oh. uh, with sweet spot was just because nobody was looking. I wasn't looking. Bill wasn't looking at what the send coming out from there. So that solved. Oh, so you were hundreds. getting
0: all kinds of distortion in the transmitter. Right. Oh, of right. course you were having a problem.
1: Ah, uh, right. <laughs> I had no again, idea. Live, live and learn. Oh, man. Live and learn. Anyway. But then the, the other thing is, again, when in the situation you're describing, what do you do when someone is as a propensity for turning up over the course of a gig or hitting harder over the course of a gig or, or getting vocal fatigue and being too soft over the course. Like what do you do for the, for the dynamics that are inevitable that are physical problems, not necessarily electrical. I don't,
0: I, I, I don't, I, I certainly am aware of those things and they happen. And sometimes, yeah, you know, a guitar will get louder during the gig or, you know, whatever, um but it's generally not so bad that it actually changes my ability to hear what I need to hear to play. Um mm. yeah, it's it's not awful. Now, one of the things, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, it it's 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 usually not an issue. Um I mean, look, if I have iPad control of of my mix, either because it's my mixer or because I have a relationship with the engineer such that that's what I have, I'll likely be changing things. I'll probably make 10 changes to my mix throughout the night. You know, if, if I'm playing like a two set night or something, you know, there's just little tweaks. I'll notice, oh yeah, the guitar's a little low or a little loud or whatever. I'll tweak that. I, I would love to have a little more bass, you know, like those picky things. I'll, obvious. If I have the ability, I will make those changes. No question. But if I don't have the ability, I will only ask the engineer to make a change if it's so bad that I can't. Hear my reference points to do what I need to do um, mm-hmm. it, you know and and so it really it's it generally speaking, the engineer is going to run their gains the way they need to for front of house, and as long as I have all the instruments at the same you know level and and sitting just hair below the vocals, that's enough for me and If the guitar gets a little too loud, and maybe the guitar during guitar solos is as loud as a vocal. Well, that's fine. You know, chances are I'm not needing to sing and blend harmonies at the same time that a guitar solo is happening. So it's like, yeah, it's fine. You know, whatever. And so yeah, it's just not that big of a deal. I actually my question would go back to you. Now that you've solved this distortion and it's and you know, a lot of things come with distortion. You were getting effective compression, right? And limiting happening. So all the sound was just getting mashed together. Now that you you've given yourself more headroom, how much of an issue is it when somebody, you know, when you get volume creep from someone, you know, throughout the gig? Is it does it change it as dramatically as it was before? Or is it just one of those things where you're like, eh, all right, well, next time, maybe I'll take a little less of that instrument, whatever it is.
1: Uh, the answer has a few legs to it. So one sure. is when it's right, it's such a pleasant experience. Well, yeah. And when it's less than right, it's frustrating. Not not game changing. Stop the gig. Sure, you know, give me a wedge. Right, but it's like, ah, uh, right. So yep. it's 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 less than good when you know when it can be good.
0: Yeah, and I have that um, too. I mean, for sure, it's like it, you know, it's you're, you're going to get through. It's going to be fine. And I guess the way, I guess the way I look at it is, it would have to be really bad for me for it to be worse than having a wedge and dealing with all that extra sound on stage. Mm. That's that's sort of how I think of it. Is you know. Yeah. Is it perfect? No. Would I, would I want to change the entire thing? <laughs> Definitely not. You know, yeah, I like going yeah, I, home I without my ears ringing. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, I get it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, again, I've, I'm, I'm an eight out of 10 these days, whereas before I was, oh, that's amazing. 10, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I use them every gig and in general, I'm getting what I want. And it's a really good situation. I do have some guys who get louder over the course of the night and one guy who gets a lot louder to the point where it's it's uh, frustrating, right? Interesting. Um, so
0: when that happens, is Bill at the board bringing just the, the fader down for that person in the, in the front of house or the, is he bringing the gain for that person down because they're overloading the signal chain? Because if he's bringing the gain down, then that brings it down for you.
1: Um, I, I don't know the answer to that. And that's, it's a, it's a harder answer than that because sure. through a gig, a lot of things are happening and my ability to get a remix halfway through a gig is dependent upon a lot of things where Bill physically is and, you know, and, I, I would, anything else I, that he's dealing with.
0: I would recommend putting an iPad with your mix ready to go. That's,
1: yeah. Everybody has said that. Absolutely. On
0: stage. It, Again, I, and I'm always by like, your amp. you know,
1: Yep. That's, that's, that actually is what should happen, but I'm just so focused on fronting the band and, you know, not turning my back and, you know, doing that type of thing. But I mean, you're you're could, right. you that, that could turn is...
0: your back during, you know, a keyboard solo or, or, you know, a guitar solo that you're not playing, you know, a quick can little thing. I drink a beer, so I guess there's no I can't if, do that. If, if you can drink a beer, you can, you can adjust your monitors. You can mix yourself. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Well that's... played. <laughs> actually, it was you played it. That's not me. <laughs> Uh, I like it. That's the best advice we've ever given on this show. I think, yeah, if you can drink drink a beer, you can mix yourself, can mix your ears. (laughs) That's the title of the episode. Unless something better happens. So I like it. Yeah. And one, I'll
1: just, I'll just be bitter that my beer drinking time has been eaten into by something that shouldn't have to happen.
0: Well, but maybe you wouldn't need that sip of beer if, uh, your mix was a little better. So, Mm. uh, you know.
1: No, that's not right.
0: That's no, that's not. Come on. We're musicians. Like this is how this it's works. It's beer. It's beer. Yeah. I mean, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Um, one thing I will add, and I promise that before the next few weeks go by, uh, I will put a link, a, a page on the website listing all of the apps that would be good to have on your iPad In order to mix all of the boards that are out there, because I have installed every app that I can find for every board, every Allen and Heath app, every, uh, you know, Mackie app, every Behringer Midas app, you know, every personas app so that I have a high degree of likelihood. If the if the engineer says, yeah, you can mix. But do you have the app? I ask what mixer is it? Because if I just say yes, then they won't believe me, even though it's probably true. You know, I'll say which mixer is it. They'll say, "Oh, it's the Allen and Heat this one or whatever." I'll be, yep, I got that app. Great. Is this the and I and I will say the name of the app to them. i will be like, oh, "Okay, what about this one," and you know, I'll, it is not uncommon for the mixer to have Wi-Fi but not internet access. A lot of engineers do not like to have their mixers. Uh, having access to the internet because then firmware updates might happen automatically and you know, there's security issues and all that stuff. So oftentimes it is a closed off network. It's an isolated network. So just cause you get their wifi doesn't mean that you're going to be able to download an app. You might just be able to connect to the mixer. Um, of course you could probably tether to your phone if you needed to and all that. But if you take 20 minutes before you go to a gig and just load everything up on your, on your iPad or your phone, even your phone, you know, it makes life a lot easier. So I I will make a list of those and and then if you have like tell us what apps you, you use and I'll make sure they're on the list too. Feedback at gigabpodcast.com. I promise I'll do this. All right. You want to talk about this thing about your band having success, Paul? Well, it's not
1: so much about my band. It's
0: more no, like I mean, an our bands in general. Yes. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Your your band, the the Royal Week. The Royal, we, the
0: royal Your. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I was just thinking about uh, bands I know, and, and um, you know, bands of levels of success, and what keeps a band from breaking through to another level. And again, we've defined this many times, a, a level can be better pay, it could be better audiences, it could be better treatment of your band, whatever your definition of, of next level is. I mean, I, I always think always about you know, all right, what's next? You know, what, what can we do better? And it's usually a combination of all those things. Like, are we going to raise our rates uh, and say no to gigs who don't do that? Are we going to only go into rooms or venues that are great? Are we going to, you know, like in the last couple of years, we started doing these ticketed gigs, which have ended up being great gigs, great, great fan base, great paydays, great, um, uh, great for our reputation as a band that can sell four or 500 tickets, you know, a couple of times a year, uh, you know, that, that kind of gives a little mystique to the band and, and justifies our asking costs for private gigs often. Sure. So I've been thinking about what makes, what, what is good. And you know, what, it, how about you, your band does, is, is your band stuck at a certain level and it's frustrating. Um, and you know, how do you get yourself up to these next levels, whatever that might mean to you. Yeah. And we talked about it at the top of the show, you know, certainly you know, having band members who all want to go to whatever that next level is, is is foundational to it, right? Does everybody want to do what it takes to make more money? Does everybody want to do what it takes, you know, to get into better rooms or, you know, whatever it may be? So having your business mate on the same page, I think, is a good thing. But you know what I think actually is probably the, the biggest thing is like you treat people how to teach you teach people how to treat you. And I think Daring to go to another level, going after bigger, better gigs. I think that that's a, that's a, like, I know a lot of bands that are good bands that take kind of like okay, play in the corner of a restaurant, you know, gigs and always. You know, like I get calls from other bands. But hey, you know, if you do this outside gig, can we open for you? We want to get into that market. Sure. And it's like you don't need to open for me. You know, just go after that business. You got a good band, go after it. It's if you don't see yourself as worthy of of a, a certain level of success, I think that's something that holds you back. as any endeavor in life, but certainly applies to band progress and band growth. You agree?
0: I do agree. I, I mean, yeah. I we talk about this on the small business show at businessshow.co. Uh often where it, what we say is the the biggest the most common thing that impedes my success is me. Mm. And 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 what you're saying feeds right into that. It's like you know, if you don't if you don't see yourself as being at that level, then you're not at that level. Like it, no one else will see you there. And If they do, and they will occasionally, you will have these moments in life, right? Where whatever you are doing, someone will see something in you or in your business or your band or whatever it is that you don't at the moment, right? And they will come to you and offer you a thing. You might not even notice that they are offering you this thing because you're unable to see it. And so really being aware of, you know, what does it feel like to be at that next level? What does that look like is huge. And it's really, really hard to do that. It's hard to visualize something that you have not experienced. Right. I mean, it you know, it's it's a chicken and egg almost. But you can. Well, but the flip side of that is you can do it really yeah. interesting.
1: Well, the thing is, once you break through the ceiling of negative talk, yeah. of why you don't deserve something all of a sudden you realize you can go after anything
0: i was guilty yes, of this yes that's the key i didn't I, I, and I, didn't, I, I like i want you to say that again because that's super or I'll, or I'll say it again once you break through you realize you can do anything like th- that's that's it right there
1: <laughs> that's it. Yeah. yeah i will give a personal expression to this is i was super hesitant to go after certain gigs or ask for certain money at the House Rockers, I didn't think, I didn't think we dressed well enough. The bands that I saw getting the types of gigs I wanted were like really polished touring pros with you know perfect costumes and you know all this type of stuff, and they were getting these really you know high end, you know a lot of corporate gigs and you know really high end you know paying gigs. Sure. And I was like, no, you know, my guys don't want to do that. So, you know, we're not going to be that type of band. But I really wanted to be that type of band. And I really wanted, you know, we did work hard and I did want, I did want to see the guys get paid for stuff, but I felt personal limitations about asking for that. Yep. Once I wrapped my head around like, this is my product. You know, we're not perfect in all ways. We're really damn good in many ways. And the other thing, we're just going to let it let it be what it is. But it didn't really matter. I was going to let the market tell me instead of me telling me. So I started going out and asking for good gigs and raised our price. And do we get everything? Nope. We're, we know we're not a great wedding band for some of these reasons. Sure. Um, we don't fit in a lot of places as a 10-piece band. We don't, we're not really great at dressing up for weddings. Um you know uh our repertoire is not for you know people in their 20s getting married
0: often no. you know, it could be but and, and your but band anyway. your band is a band about the house rockers not about the bride and groom right right so you know and there's what, nothing what, the wrong, wrong with do i don't get, say that as I, a I, negative i
1: know yeah. you're you're absolutely right we built a brand we've built Correct. a style we've built something but the point of it all is once i said i'm not going to i'm not going to be the one to stand in the way of of bigger things because of my preconceived notion about what it takes to be there we have a good band we play well you know we're good guys we entertain people seem to be happy when they come to see us i need to get out of my own way and i just started asking for bigger i don't get everything but we have moved up tremendously and and um we do get better paydays than we used to get than we used to get before. Once I remove my own personal shackles of, of going after these types of things.
0: Dude, dude, you said you did it again. That phrase, I need to get out of my own way. (laughs) I can't like, I have verbatim. I have said that to myself so many times in my life. And sometimes I've listened to myself. Most of the time I don't most of it's really hard to listen to that. Right. But that phrase, I need to get out of my own way. If we all say that every freaking morning, when we wake up, it's going to be a different year for all of us. I Absolutely. guarantee And, you know, this
1: is this assumes you're doing the work of the stuff you can control. It's yes. A well-rehearsed band. Yeah. You know, you don't make mistakes. You play in tune. You know, you don't, you know, insult, insult people when you, you know, like, like the basic <laughs> things.
0: The things that we had to learn the hard way is what you're saying.
1: The hard way. Yeah. But, you know, again, go after the gigs and yeah. keep going after them and be professional about it. And if you get told no, ask why, you know, be businesslike about it. And, uh, you know, decide if the why is something you can put up with or not, or go look elsewhere for the good gigs. Yep. You know, charge, you know, you know, basically what the the scale is in where you are as to what's possible. Right. If you're at the bottom of the scale because of your own fear, that's your fault. Um, and if if you keep trying to get the top of the scale and you don't get it, there's something to learn there and you figure out what you're going to do about it. Right. Yeah. You know, if you're a four piece band and you know you're expecting it a thousand bucks a guy every single night you go out, you know, and you don't get it, the market may be telling you what, what's real, but it's not for lack of trying and it's not for lack of asking so i I do think that this is a big thing. you know so many people in bands are a not business people, they're artists um they're, and And the financial things make them uncomfortable they They love the playing, but the you know the the transacting the business is intimidating.
0: Say, say that again, um, I, I, you, or you, you cut off it, the, 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 the business side of it is, did you say intimidating? Is that right?
1: Intimidating. Yeah. yeah the financial side of that. things can be intimidating, yeah, for sure. but I just want to say, like, I, I know, I know several bands that are, like I said, they're playing in the corner of a restaurant and they're happy doing that, but they want more. And when I ask them, you know, why don't you go after that? You know, you're a good enough band for that. They're like, oh, they wouldn't want a three piece or, you know, oh, you know, we're not this,
0: that. Well, let them tell you that.
1: That's it. Don't that put
0: words it. in their mouth before you've let them speak. Yeah.
1: That is it. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you make people happy with your music, you are, you are sellable. You are bookable. You will be meaningful to somebody. Yeah.
0: And, you uh, entertain. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, it's not even, I wouldn't even put it as specific as making them happy with your music, though. That uh, it might be an obvious correlation, but it's, can you entertain? That's it. That, that's it. That's what you need to do. Can you entertain? If so, great. Go do that. That's it. Believe in it. Yep. Man, powerful stuff. What are we, some kind of self-help show here? This is great,
1: man. That's what we, that's what we started
0: with, right? Yeah, it's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, I don't know that I have. I can't top that, man. That's uh, That's Paul Kent there laying down the wisdom, folks.
1: What is it? What do you you always say? Three chords and the truth.
0: Three chords and the truth. That's it. Today we didn't even play three chords. We just, we just. Thus spake the truth. Spaketh. You must be Zarathustra, right? (laughs) Right. Isn't that the name of the song uh, that we know as the theme from two thousand one? Thus spake Zarathustra, right? Or, or the the I I believe the 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 original name was also sprach Zarathustra, or it's something that I'm completely mispronouncing, but. You know, there you go. Way down the rabbit hole. Way down the rabbit hole, Paul. Way. I mean, it's, you know, I just came from band rehearsal. You're
1: you're happy there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this the rabbit hole is where I live, man. (laughs) We've met, right? Uh, Yeah. I don't know that I don't have anything else. I don't know. Do you have anything else? I don't. Just get your butt off, off your butt and go out and get better gigs. Get your butt off your butt. Go get the gigs. That's it. That's what I got. Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. Always be performing. Always. Yeah, especially when you're selling your band. That might be the most important performance. One of them. Pretend you're someone else. Pretend you're a master salesperson when you're out there selling your band. Eventually, it'll be true. True.